Praise God. The Bible says we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we cannot fight it in the flesh. You're no match for it, praise God. In yourself, we're no match for it. But if we begin to praise and worship God in the spirit, praise God, then we will prevail. Praise God over the enemy. Praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. God is great this morning. And we serve an awesome God. Praise God. And we should be awesome in His presence. In His power. Praise God. Not defeated. Praise God. But victorious. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Carter, come and preach to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. It's good to feel the presence of the Lord here in the church this morning and the strength of God. Every time I come here, as we said Wednesday night, when you're uh, in the midst of battles and things in your life and you come to the house of God and you feel that strength that goes out, I'm so glad to be able to gather and assemble together in His name and have the power of God come in our midst and strengthen us and defeat the enemy. For He is defeated. And all we have to do is remember that he's like a roaring lion. And he goes about and he roars real loud to make you think that he's one. But I'm telling you, that's all it is, just a bunch of noise. Everything that we're experiencing is a bunch of noise. We're on the winning side. And we can't let him get the best of us with his roaring and his, his attacks to make you think that he's won. He hasn't won. We baptized two people uh, Thursday night in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Eloy and Valerie. So we give glory to God for that victory. Praise the Lord. And also, our well went out Wednesday. And uh, we didn't actually know what was going on with the thing, so we had a guy come look at it. And the string of pipe that holds the, the pump down at the, end of the, at, the, at the bottom of the hole was barely holding on they glue these two joints together and this joint was coming loose there where the glue was put and uh, it was almost about to break loose and we would have lost our our pump completely but we thank god he's watching over us because the guy pulled it out he put a new string of line in there and and everything's okay so god is so good he's watching over us amen thank god for his goodness we're on we are on the winning side and i'm glad that i know jesus in these days especially Praise God. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Please turn with me to the book of Romans. And in the first chapter, in the 18th verse, praise God. Romans 1.18. If you have it, say praise the Lord. God is great. Amen. Amen. The scripture says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, let's say in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. 
being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate, deceit, malignity and whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your precious word today. And we thank you for every person that has gathered in this assembly today to hear your word. This is your kingdom. This is not our kingdom. Lord, we give you praise, God, and we know that you are the king. And Lord God, we ask you to speak to us through the word of God today. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you for your anointing, God, today and your victory. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. You see, God gives us warnings before things happen in life. You believe that? The Lord gave this church a warning a little over a month ago. I felt really strong in the Lord to tell you that this church was fixing to pass through some tremendous trials and testings. But if we would worship and praise God, then we would, we would be victorious. Amen. And I'm amazed at God because He always warns us that there's nothing the enemy's got planned that God doesn't reveal to His, his church. So. You know, I'm not surprised the things that are happening, but the important things is that when God begins to warn us is that we take heed and that we listen because if we don't, then we're getting ready for some very difficult times that we can't handle. But if we'll trust God and listen to the Word and heed the Word of God, then we will know that these things are going to happen. And not, don't, do not be surprised by them. Amen. Do not be surprised by what is happening around you and your family and different things. We can't be surprised because God has already warned us. Amen. We're not sitting back saying, well, we didn't know it was going to happen. And what in the world's going on? Because God has already told us. And the answer is Him. Praise God. Worship and pray and believe in, 
and trusting in the Lord God. Amen. I'm going to show you why these things are happening. I'm going to tell you why. The Word of God is going to tell you why these things are happening in the world today. Verse 18, look at it with me, please. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. The wrath of God. When you talk about this particular chapter of Romans, we can go all the way back to where we first see the wrath of God being poured out on the human race. And that we know took place the time of the flood during Noah's day. Amen. God's wrath came upon that society. We're going to find out why did it fall upon the society of Noah. Not only did it happen in the past during the time of the flood, but it's happened in history. And there are pockets of God's judgment right now in the world as we are in this church. There are pockets of judgments of God taking place. You see, God is in charge of what is happening in this world. Let me explain something to you. If the devil is involved in anything, it is because God has allowed him to be involved. The devil is not uh, calling the shots in this world. And if there are problems and there are judgments that are taking place, it is not because the devil's calling the shots. It is because God is calling the shots and He's allowing those judgments to take place. He, His wrath is being poured out. He's in charge. Do you understand that? People want to blame the devil for everything. But He's not in charge this morning. God's in charge. And if He is allowed to cause problems, He's allowed to cause heartache, and He's allowed to cause pain, it's because God is letting Him loose to do it. Listen, if the devil was calling the shots, then you've got two gods on your hands. Did you hear what I said? The devil is a created creature. He don't call the shots. God created that man. That we, we, some people, Christians especially, put the devil on an equal uh, plane as God himself. And they act like he's calling the shots and he's in charge of everything. Let me tell you, he's created. God is the creator. God has everything under control. He's got the devil on a leash. He, he's got everything under control. He is simply allowing these things to take place. He will allow them to take place in your family. He will allow them to take place in our world. He will allow them to take place in the United States of America or Russia or China or wherever. He's in charge. And the reason why, we're going to find out in the Word of God. Amen? I'm glad I, God's in charge today. I would hate to think the devil is calling the shots in this world. He's not a co-equal God with God. He's a created creature that's fallen. And God only simply lets him do, uh, allows him to do certain things. Praise God. And when we start talking about, you know, and I, Lord forgive me because, you know, this morning I felt like with everything that's been going on, we've had all this the well going out and the air conditioner problems and everything else that's been happening you know and i know the enemy's attacking but he's like a roaring lion amen but i'm here to tell you something today i'm gonna lift up jesus christ i'm not gonna glorify the devil i'm gonna glorify god amen 
And the Bible said the reason why we are experiencing these problems in our day today is because God's wrath is being poured out. Amen? But I want you to understand something. The book of Romans is talking about salvation. The book of Romans is talking about how to be right with God. And we talked about that in the first 17 verses of, this, of the book of Romans, how to be right with God. And it was wonderful, praise the Lord. And, and, and it shows the goodness and the grace of God in salvation. But before Paul continues in salvation, he wants to explain to us what we've been saved from. Amen? What have we been saved from? So he's going to give us a very black picture here in the next few chapters. And he's going to show us about the wrath of God. Amen? He's going to give us a black cloth before he shows us the diamond. You know, if you want a diamond to shine brilliantly and beautifully, you put it on a black background. And so Paul is going to put salvation on a, a black background. He's going to show us, amen, when you see how dark and how black things are, then you can see how wonderful and powerful God is and how powerful salvation is. Woo! Glory to God. The Bible said the reason why the wrath of God is being poured out there is the, the wrath of the flood. There is the present day pocket judgments of God in this world. There are in the future the tribulation period that we see over on this chart. Seven years of God's wrath poured out on this earth. That's a future judgment. That's the coming wrath of God. Amen? But the Bible says that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. What is God's wrath? It's not simply just His emotions and His anger. God's wrath is his, his active uh, movement against sin. Do you catch what I'm saying? God's wrath is his movement against sin. And because he is holy, when there is sin in his universe, he must actively engage in, in, in fight against that. That is his wrath coming against sin. Amen? It's not a passive thing where God just sits up there and let, lets sin run rampant, you know, without him intervening. He is actively involving himself in the destruction and downfall of sin. That's why the tribulation is going to take place. So that evil can destroy itself. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. The wrath of God, His active involvement against sin, is, the Bible said, revealed from heaven against ungodliness. Now, what is godliness? Godliness is your focus is on God. Your attention is to God. You have a desire to live for God. You, you're, you, your mind is right towards God. Amen? So ungodliness is doing away with God. Not thinking right about ungodliness. Not having God in your life. Or not being concerned about sacred things that concern God. That is ungodliness. Amen? It has to do with your, our attitude towards God. That we don't want God in our affairs. That's ungodliness. So to be godly means say, God, I want you in my life. I want to serve you. I thank God for sacred things. Amen? But the Bible said God's wrath is revealed against ungodliness, people who don't want God involved in life. Praise the Lord. Then it says this, ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Unrighteousness is people who will not do that which is right. They won't live according to God's word, so God's 
Wrath comes against lives that do not do that which is right. Amen. Listen to me. We can uh, be unrighteous in two ways. Commission and omission. We, a person can commit sins, which are things that aren't right with God, in what, we, what they do and what they say. But there is also sin or unrighteousness of omission, because the Bible says, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Do you understand that? When I know what I'm supposed to do, and, and I've got the word of the Lord on it, and I don't do it, then I am unrighteous before God. I'm not doing that which is right. And God says because of ungodliness, people want to remove God, and they don't want to do that which is right, and even though they know it. They, they can't say, I don't know it. They know it. But because they know it and won't do it, God said His wrath is going to come in their life. Do you hear me today? I'm rejoicing in that. Yeah, don't look at me like I'm a nut. I, I know. <laughs> I'm rejoicing in the fact that I serve a God like that because He would not be God if He did not judge sin and unrighteousness. So the Bible says that this unrighteousness takes place. And then the Bible says, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They seek to suppress the truth. Amen? Holding the truth in unrighteousness. They know the truth, but they are suppressing the truth. Now, how can you do that? By pushing it down. Amen? When the word is, is, is you see it in your life, or you hear it preached, or whatever, you know what? You can respond in, in a couple of ways. You can believe it and want to obey it, or you can say no. And you can push the truth down in your attitudes or by unrighteousness, by your lifestyle. You know what the Word says on any particular subject. You're not ignorant of it. Amen? But when you say, yes, I know it, but I don't want to do it. I want to do it my way. Then you are literally suppressing the truth. You're pushing the truth down and you are pushing it away. So the Bible said that's why God's wrath is coming on people. Because they know the truth, but they're pushing it out of their lives. Because it doesn't fit into the pattern of their lives. Hallelujah. Come on. This is the problem. Then the scripture says this. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. You see, when you were created and I was created, God put the ability in us to know God. Internally, and then he says externally, God, you can look at the outward creation and know that there is a God. Amen? Listen, look at it. Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Okay? So God is telling us here that we can know that, that, that God is. And how can I know that God is? Because I can look at myself and know that God is. What are you? You're not an it. You're a person. And I can look at myself and I can know inside because I'm a me and not an it. That, that there had to be somebody that made me and he's not an it. He's a me. Come on. 
I don't even have to have the Word of God to know that. Natives in, in, in countries that, that have never heard the Word can come to those conclusions that, hey, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm not an it. I think. I reason. So the next thing that would, would come to them would be, without even the Word of God, was that there must be somebody that made me who has is, who is got to be greater than me. The creator of myself must be greater than I am. And they can look at creation and they can see his power because it took a lot of power to bring about this creation. Hallelujah. They can, you can walk in this earth and say, somebody made this. Anybody who says it just happened, listen to me, are lying to themselves and they know it. People who say that it just, there was a big bang and boom, here it was. No, that's not true. They know that's not right. But I'm going to show you why they say that. They know in them, inside of them that a creator had to create this because it took, it would, it, the Bible says it demonstrates his eternal power that he's got. That whoever made this world, and you look up at the stars and see all the stars and the planets, whoever made that has to be very, very powerful. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you look at this, you walk through this earth, and you see something about this God, that He's a God of wisdom. Because every, there's order, praise God, to things. The waves come in at a certain amount every day. They never change. That's God's order. Universe means one song. And the way the solar system rotates and all of that, it shows us that God is a God of order and God of wisdom. He holds everything together by the word of His power, the Scripture says. So He's a powerful God and He's a wise God. But not only that, I can look at creation and know that He's a good God. I can walk out these doors today and I can hear the birds sing and I say, well, He must be a good God. Hallelujah. I can study this constellation. I can study the stars and the planets, and I can see them moving. They don't just stay there in one position. And that is showing me that my God dances. You got, they, they're, they're moving in, the, in the, the, the stars. They're moving all the time. They're spinning, you know, because God is wanting, us to, sh wanting to show us that He's a God who dances, and He's a, a good God. And so we, the earth spins, and we walk out, and we see the birds singing, and we see the, the, the rivers flowing, and we see all the, the fruit on the trees, and all the goodness of God. And that showing man that his creator is not only powerful and wise, but his creator is a good God, and his creator loves his creation. And so he put us in this earth and blessed us. I could come to those conclusions without even knowing anything about the Word of God. Amen. So God says the problem is not a lack of evidence. There's plenty evidence out there. So it's not an intellectual problem that men have. Hallelujah. Notice what the Bible says. They are without excuse. Because it's not that they can't see. It is that they can't, they won't see. God said, I've given you everything you need to see that I'm God. So it's not a lack of evidence. 
It's a, it's a moral problem. It's a, a problem with man, not with God. And that problem is they don't want to see. Because if they want to see that there is a God, that means they're going to have to bow their knee to that God and become accountability to God. If you acknowledge that God exists and that you're a creation and He's creator, that means you have to acknowledge that He calls the shots and you don't. And you have to become accountable. And because men do not want to become accountable to God, it doesn't fit in their life, their life pattern. They don't want to see. It's not because the evidence is not there. It's, it's a moral problem. It's not an intellectual problem. They don't want God. Hallelujah. There's people all over the world that know the Word of God. They know the truth. They know what it takes. They know how to live. But it's not because there's not enough evidence and information that's there to them. It's because they just don't want it. Come on, church. But you see, man always wants to put, make an excuse of things. And he always wants to put the, the excuse on God. But the problem is not with God. It's with man. We just need to admit that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They're with that excuse. Verse 21, it says this. Because that when they knew God, they knew God. Listen. Let's go back to the time of the flood. 1,600 years, in 1,656 years, almost 1,700 years from the creation of Adam to the flood. That's not very long from God's original creation when Adam and Eve were walking in fellowship with God Himself. And what did they begin with? They began with one God in fellowship with that one God. And they knew God. And that, those people during the time of the flood, they knew God. It wasn't too far distant from the original creation of the world. Amen? In fact, after the flood, everybody knew God. Noah and all his family knew God and they worshipped God. Amen? So we go back not quite 5,000 years and see that man knew God. Well, then why did God's wrath come on that, that society there? Why did the flood come? It's because they were ungodly. They were trying to remove God out of their lives. Why did His wrath come? Because they knew righteousness, but they would not do what was right. And the truth that they had, they suppressed it and pushed it down and pushed it away from their lives because they didn't want to do it. It's called a fallen nature. Amen? So we're talking about the natural man here who doesn't have God in his life. The Gentiles, the pagans, they don't have God in their life. Praise the Lord. This is what they're like. They don't have any excuse. Amen? Because that when they, let's say it together, knew God, they knew God. The scripture says they glorified Him not as God. Jeremiah 13 says, if you don't glorify God, the light that you have will be turned into darkness. Amen? So they refuse to glorify God. They refuse to recognize that He is the Creator and that He's in charge. They refuse. They, they re try to remove Him. Hmm. And because of that, problems. Listen to me today. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
the scripture says this they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened because they don't want to be accountable to God and they don't want to glorify him as God here's the results it says that they become vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened praise the Lord look at John 3 16 with me let me tell you I believe with all my heart the coming of the Lord is very close because he is gradually lifting his hand off of this society his wrath is being revealed look at this John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life <clears throat> people don't have to die needless death they don't have to perish because the son has come if they die they die needless they perish needlessly for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved because the world was already condemned so he didn't come into the world to condemn it he's already condemned now people ask a question well what about people in different countries of the world that have never heard the gospel and and is God gonna judge them and send them to hell if they've never had an opportunity those uh, tribes in Africa that have never heard the gospel is God gonna send them to hell because they've never had a chance to hear the gospel no that's not the reason why God will judge anybody the reason why people will be judged is because sinners we're sinners until saved you understand what I'm saying an example of this would be if a man was drowning in the water and he's trying to swim and he's drowning and all of a sudden a boat comes along there's the saving boat right there all he has to do is believe and and get in that boat right and he'll be saved he won't drown so the boat comes up there and he doesn't get in the boat so is the problem with the boat the saving the gospel the good news that came to him or is the problem in the water where he is the problem is the water where he's at he's surrounded by water and he won't get into the boat and be saved so the reason why he drowns is not because of the boat or because of the gospel the reason why he drowns is because he's in the water and won't get in the boat Do you understand what I'm saying and the reason why people will be judged that have never heard the gospel is because not because the gospel it, it, you know it's not because of the gospel it's because they're in the water they're in sin praise the Lord and everybody even those people have a understanding they can come to the conclusion that God is and they can stop worshiping those idols and bow their knee to God and start worshiping they might not know his name but they can worship him and say I don't know who you are God but I can worship you 
I know you're bigger than this idol. There's no way this idol could create me. No way this idol could create this world. No way this idol could have done what has happened here. There has to be something greater. And they can bow their knees and stop worshiping those idols and turn to the Creator and say, you're the Creator. I don't know your name, but I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you in all that I know. And if they'll do that, then, then God will save them. So the problem is not that there is no evidence. Those natives can see the evidence. It's the problem is they don't want the evidence. They don't want God. That's the problem. Do you understand? People will be lost because they're born in sin and not born again. Period. The world's already condemned. I'm already condemned before I get saved. The whole world is. Doesn't matter your geographical location. Amen? So he says in John 3 that God didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. That's the problem. It's not that light hasn't come. Light has come, but men want the darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? People who will not live for God have made the decision not to live for God. And the reason is not because there's not enough light. The, the reason is they like the darkness. And they'll make excuses and say, oh, that's, it's the church or it's this person or it's that. That is a, that is the, that's a lie. The reason why they're not living for God is because they've made up their mind that they're not going to. That they love the darkness more than they love the light. And you can make excuses all you want to as to why you won't live for God and serve God. But it ultimately all comes down to the fact that you love darkness more than you love light. And you don't have an excuse. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to be nice, you know, but I also want to be truthful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Share with somebody the other day, they called me on the phone wanting prayer for somebody. I said, well, have they prayed for themselves? Because the Bible says if you're afflicted, you pray. You don't call up the prayer warriors in the church and say, would you please pray for me if you haven't prayed and you haven't worshipped God for yourself. If, listen to me. I love you, but, and, and I want to be nice, but I'm going to tell you the truth. You call me up and you say, will you pray for me or pray for this person? I'm going to ask you this question first. Have you prayed and have they prayed? And if they haven't prayed and you haven't prayed, I'm not praying. But if you've prayed and they've prayed, then I'll join with you in prayer. But you see, everybody wants to put their problems on somebody else and wants somebody else to become responsible for their responsibilities. And this, listen to me, this preacher's not going, I'm not going to walk that walk, amen? Because God told you, you've got a responsibility to pray when you go through problems and not throw it off on somebody else. Amen? But if you've prayed and you've done all you know to do, we'll pray with you, praise the Lord. 
But I, you know, I feel for these prayer warriors that I have in my church that call me up and say, you know, I've got this, these, these people are going through these problems and everything else, and will you pray? I say, yes, I'll be glad to pray, but have they prayed? If they haven't prayed, God hasn't asked me to pray for them. Because they don't want Him in their life. And that's why they're in the mess that they're in. It's the truth. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You see what? When you walk in the house of God, that's why a lot of people won't come to church where the truth is preached. Because they walk into church where the truth is preached, then they're gonna, their deeds are going to be reproved and corrected. They don't want that. They like the darkness, so they're going to get as far away from the light as they possibly can because the light's going to correct them and deal with their lives, and they don't want that. But they'll tell you they'll leave for different reasons. He said, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Boom, that's it. That's what the word says. They hate the light, so they do the evil. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. You see, when you want to walk in truth, you, you'll go after more light and more truth. But if you're not doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, you know what you're going to do? You're going to run from the light. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you want more light? How, much you, how many of you want more truth? The fact that you, listen to me, the fact that you want more truth and the fact that you want to do what's right and the fact that you want to walk in the light lets me know that you're moving the right direction. And let you know, anybody that's around you that you have in your family or friendships that don't want to walk in the Word of God, they don't want to hear the Word preached, I can tell you what the problem is, is because they don't want the light. Mm -mm. And they might make an excuse, and all that, it's all petty excuses. God says they're without excuse. Come on, church, let's clap our hands into the Lord. And some of you try to live for God and try to serve God and you've got people that don't love God and won't live for God and don't want anything to have, have to do with God and won't hear the word and won't pray and won't do anything like that and they want you to carry their burdens and their sorrows and their pains. God says they're responsible. So start standing up and saying, have you prayed? Are you doing that which is right by the word of God? Are you going to church? Are you hearing the word of God? Once you've done that, then I'll pray for you. Listen, I'll pray for you. I'll help you. I'll counsel you. But I can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. But people want somebody else to do it for them all the time. You've got to get a hold of it yourself. And when you get a hold of it yourself, there's going to be somebody that will stand beside you and lift your hands when you get weary. You've got to pray. You've got to glorify Him. If you don't, your light's going to be turned into darkness. You've got to do it. God holds you responsible, not somebody else.
He said, when they knew God, they didn't glorify Him. Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations. Listen, you try to throw God out of your life, and your mind becomes very, very confused. Amen? People are trying to say there is no God because they don't want to be accountable to Him and to His truth and to His Word. Then their mind becomes vain, empty. An example of this would be if a person, Brother Mike, what is two plus two? It's four. Amen? It's four. Two plus three is what? Five. But you throw that logic out and that truth out and you begin to say two plus two is five where you start is messed up so everything after that's going to be messed up so you say two plus two is four that's right but two plus three is five and that's not right then the next thing you're going to say is two plus uh, three is six and two plus four is seven because you started off on the wrong foot, you're going to continue to become more insane. So you try to throw God out, the light, the truth out of your life, and you know what? Because you're beginning on the wrong foot, everything that you do in life from that point is going to be insanity. The problem is because you started in the wrong place, saying, no, God, I don't want you. Listen to me, man. We... We're not walking around in this world like, uh, you know, people that don't know what's going on. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the, the people around you want you, listen to me. They won't live for God and everything else, so they want you to feel sorry for their dilemmas. Well, you start at the wrong foot, you're going to end up in the wrong place. Come on, church. Somebody clap your hands into the Lord. <clears throat> That's what the Word says. They don't want God, so they become very twisted in their mind. If you don't want light, then your soul becomes darker and darker. You see, when we reject truth, our capacity for truth dwindles. When we reject truth and, and do not want to understand truth, then our capability to understand more truth is gone. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. He said, look at this. Look at what, but here's the arrogance of these people. The arrogance is that they are professing themselves to be wise, but they are fools. Oh, yeah, well, we know more than the word. We, we, we know, you know. So we're wise, and there's people out there in the scientific field that they claim to be wise, and they say the evolution is a fact, and that there is, you know, God is, is a, it's a theory and all of that. You can't prove there is God. And, and so they may be brilliant to a point, but God says they're fools. You know why they're fools? Because the Scripture says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So God's definition of a fool is somebody who says there is no God. Hmm. So they come up with evolution and they say, 
we just evolved from monkeys and all of that mess. You know why they do that? It is because they are fleeing from the presence of God. They are running from God. So they have to make up a theory that says there, there is no God. Because if, if they can't disprove God, then they know they are accountable to Him and they have to serve Him and live for Him. But they don't want that. It doesn't fit in their sack. It doesn't fit in their pattern of life. So they don't want it. They don't want God. They don't want the truth. So they got to come up with a theory like crazy evolution. But it's that an attempt to run from God. Amen? So they, oh, we're wise. We've got it all figured out. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's why they can't find missing links and everything else, you know. Because there is none. God created it. We were created. We didn't evolve from an animal. So he says this, look. Verse 23, they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. You see, so now they are substituting. They changed, the Bible says, the glory of, of the uncorruptible God into an image. They are substituting. You see, all religions of the world that are not Christian and are not based on the Word of God, all other religions in this world, I, you do not enter into a comparison with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Other religions of the world want to say, well, let's get together and let's compare religions. You compare Christianity with, with my Buddhism or my Christian, whatever all those crazy religions are, and you can, let's compare. No, there is no comparison, and I'm not going to get together with them and compare my religion with theirs because their religion is nothing more than a substitute. It is them changing the glory for the incorruptible. They are bowing down to idols because they are running from God. Amen. Amen. One guy, he traveled the world. He told me one time, he said, you know, I've seen all these different religions. He said, what's wrong with them? I said, let me tell you about Christianity. Let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about Jesus. I'm not going to compare it with them because they are running and fleeing from God. And they've sub substituted the oneness of God for idolatry and saying that God is everywhere. And they make all these little idols and now they've got more than one God. But listen, man did not begin in idolatry with many gods and then come to God in oneness. Man began with one God in the Garden of Eden, and as they rejected God, then they begin to substitute for that one God their false religious systems and their idolatry. They substituted it. And it's nothing more than them running from God. Praise the Lord. Verse... 24 it says wherefore God also <clears throat> gave them up to uncleanness what a horrible thing the freedom of the lost is you will hear people boast about the fact I'm free some of them even who used to put their feet in the courts of God who've left God and walked out on him in his church are you with me today will say now I'm free I battled when I was in the church I had trials but now that I'm away from it oh everything's a little bit better well
and you're better off now than when you were in the house of God. And every one of them will say, no, a thousand times no. I'm not better, I'm worse. You can't suppress truth and push God away and push him down. Huh? And then stand back and say, things are better now. Well, yeah, maybe for temporary, but that's the enemy lifting his pressure off of you. Because now he's got you. So if he's got you, he's going to lift the pressure off of you. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. So God says he gave him up. That's the wrath of God. When God sets people free to do their own thing. Amen. Give you an example. Pharaoh in the Old Testament. They worshipped idols in Egypt. Idol gods everywhere. Pharaoh even claimed to be God himself. Here comes Moses, the ambassador of the Lord himself in the kingdom of God. And he declares that there's one God. The living God. The only God. Amen. And God's goodness begins to take place in that country. One plague on every false god in that country. God sends those judgments. But they were his goodnesses. Because every time he judges a false god, he is trying to get the people to move in their understanding to that he is one. Worship me. Don't worship these animals. Don't worship the Nile. Don't worship the frogs. Don't worship the gnats. Don't worship the earth. Don't worship the sky. Don't worship the sun. Don't worship the cow. So I'm going to judge every one of them, and then maybe it'll cause me, cause you to turn. That's my goodness. Goodness of the Lord leads you to repentance. Praise the Lord. If a person starts having difficulties in their life, if it causes them to come to God in repentance, that's the goodness of God. So he begins to judge. But listen, look at Pharaoh. Sitting on his throne. And he refuses to acknowledge God. And so the Bible says that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. What does that mean? Because Pharaoh rejected God when he knew God. Then God says, you reject me, so I'm going to lift my hand off of you. And when I lift my hand off of you, your heart will become strong against me. You will, your heart will be hardened against me. And you will feel strengthened against God. And then you can stand there and boast against God because now you're hardened and you're strengthened because I've lifted my hand off of you. Amen? That's how God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. By lifting his hand. And when the Bible says he gave them up, that's the... That's the terrible, horrible freedom of the lost is when God stops dealing with a person. He lifts their hand, his hand off of their life and allows them to go into sin. And they don't feel any remorse or any conviction about that. Now, that's a terrible place to be in. That's the wrath of God. And look at our society today. Evil, evil, sin everywhere. It's getting worse. Because God is lifting his hand and he's saying, you want it your way and you don't want me in this. So I'm going to let you do it your way. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse because I've lifted my hand. Now you can boast against me. Hmm. Are you with me today? That's the wrath of God.
So the worse it gets lets me know that God is lifting his hand. Because in the tribulation period, when his wrath is poured out, the restraining force in this earth that is holding back the Antichrist from being revealed, the Bible says it will be removed. That's the presence of God. His hand will be removed, and God says, okay, you want a world without me, then you've got it. Amen? Come on. God's a good God. He's a wonderful God. I'm glad I know Him. The problem is not with God. You know what I see in all this? I see God's goodness and His grace. But I see men turning their back on that. And because of you turning their back, they're turning their back, then that's what God said. I'm going to lift my hand off your lot. Give you what you want. Praise the Lord. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You have this homosexual stuff that's taking place, especially in our times. They don't do it in the closet anymore. They do it out in the open. It's because God is lifting his hand. The scripture says in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen somebody say blessed forever paul just had to he just had to write that right there he said oh he my god is in creator he's blessed he's blessed forever but he saw these people worshiping the creature rather than the creator they're worshiping. We got people worshiping trees and the New Age movements. Is all that is a philosophy to run from God and to make yourself a God. And so now they're bowing down to trees and you know hugging them, kissing them, whatever you want to call them, saying that they're God and God is in everything. Pantheism. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So they begin to worship the creature more than the Creator. They begin to glorify people instead of God. They begin to glorify His creation instead of the Creator. You know what? The creation is a signpost of God that declares uh, there's a Creator. Amen? But people are not worshiping the Creator. They're worshiping the signpost. Mm -hmm. And they are running so they have evolution and they've got false religious systems and all of these things because they are simply fleeing from God. The Bible says in verse 26, for this cause, let's all say this cause, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Hallelujah. So we've got homosexuality. We've got people uh, boasting about their lesbianism. And, you, and they declare that I'm a lesbian, so they put them on the network news and, and lift them up as somebody. That, oh, they're, they're free. They, yeah, they're tolerant. And they glorify those people. God said, all it is is my hand being lifted off of their life. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Praise the Lord. He said in verse 27, And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned their lusts one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Let me tell you something. Nobody's born a homosexual. Nobody's born a lesbian. They chose that lifestyle because they are, they are fleeing from God. And because they are fleeing from God, they are given into the vile passions that God has allowed them to be turned over to. They're not born with it. It's a sin. Alcoholism is not something that you're born with. It's a sin. Do you understand? People say, well, you know, we need to be more tolerant. Listen, we love the person, but we have to preach against the sin. And they're always preaching tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. The church is intolerant, and the church is, they're, they're just so hateful. then when we start preaching the gospel, watch them flare up and become intolerant. And they're preaching tolerance. Mm -hmm. No, they're, in, they're intolerant of God. They don't want God in their life. Okay. He said that they receive in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. God's wrath comes on that type of lifestyle. Amen? God can save them, but they have to turn to Him. They can't flee, keep fleeing from Him. They have to turn to Him. Amen? It says in verse 29, 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which were not convenient. They said, God, we don't, not only do we not want you in our life, but you're not even worthy of our consideration. We're not even going to consider you, God, in our life. You're not even worth being considered, God. They did not want to retain him in their knowledge. And because of that, God gave him over to a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind is a mind that doesn't have the capability to differentiate between wrong and right. They call good evil, and they call evil good. They call bitter sweet, and sweet bitter, as Isaiah the prophet said. They are becoming reprobate. Don't even know the difference between the two. Amen? It's because they don't want God in their mind, so God says, okay, I'll let you have a mind that's void and empty of any discernment. Huh. Boy, I, I don't want to be there, do you? Here's what he says. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, Amen. These are the reasons for the problems of the day. Is a person's lack of godliness. They remove God. The reason why the world is like it is today and we face the problems we face today is because people have put God out of their life. And God says the first one of the things is unrighteousness. Every evil that you can imagine is taking place in the human race. 
humanity does things that animals don't even do. Animals don't get together male with male. Humanity gets together male with male and women with women because they're reprobating their mind. Twisted unrighteousness. He goes on and he says, fornication. Now fornication means many things. Pornography, the, the fornication, premarital sex or sex outside of marriage. Fornication. But not only that, but seeking to bring harm into people's lives. Distorting people's lives. The Bible says wickedness. Twisted. Wicked means twisted. They're twisted. This is what God says, not me. This is His Word. Covetousness. Wanting things more than they want God. Wanting property more than they want God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, Ten Commandments, we've, we've stuck, talked about this before, but Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, so on and so forth. People stand up and say, well, I never did that. But then the, the Bible says, thou shalt not covet. And covetousness is, have you ever wanted to do it? If you've ever wanted to do it, you're guilty of covetousness. Then he says, maliciousness. Praise God. Full of envy and murder. Let's say envy. Praise the Lord. Envy. You know what envy is? It's when a person becomes discontent at the expertise or the good fortune of another person. When people look at your life and they see your excellence in God, they envy you. They become jealous of that. Or they see your good fortune. They see you begin to get blessed and they, they are unhappy about that. Preachers are discontent with other preachers because they look at the, the excellence of another ministry and they get discontented about that. Instead of glorifying God and thanking God for them, they become discontent. Amen? Friends become envious of other friends because they see that friend rising in excellence on the job. They don't like that. So they envy them. Instead of saying, oh, I'm so happy for you, they say, they start talking about them, saying, oh, they don't really deserve that. You know, wonder what they're doing to get to that position. They see the excellence of somebody else and they're discontented at it. They see the good fortunes of things happening in people's lives and they're getting blessed and they don't like that. Do you hear me today? Envy's in the church of the living God, too. 
wives envying their husbands and jealous about their husbands and driving them insane over that jealousy. You need to get the victory over that. And men jealous of their wives. Now, there's a godliness. There's a godly, proper relationship and a proper jealousy. But I'm talking about just obsessive. Amen? It's the flesh. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And envy is what sent, what was the motivation, the Bible says, that put Jesus Christ on a cross. And envy is what will cause one church to put down another church across the street that's still preaching the same message. Envy. And when they see a church get full and, and the people begin to come into that church world, you know why that church is growing? Is because they've let down on their standards. How, you don't know that. Envy. 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 Are you with me today? It's a work of the flesh. Then he says, murder. You see, evil, envy leads to murder. They envied Jesus, so they crucified him. They murdered him, the Bible said. That was the motivation for crucifying him, envy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Why is that? I, it's because of the sin nature. Why in the world somebody would envy somebody else for doing something in the church? Get mad because somebody else is doing something in the church. Get mad because they're rising in excellence. Get mad. I don't, uh, what is that all about? It's envy. And then they're going to murder their character and murder their person. Sad. Leads to murder. Then debate or strife, war, fighting. Lord, help us. Deceit, deceit, deception is in our world today. You know what deception is? It's a bait. You know what the bait is? The bait, that, you know, when you fish, you throw out bait, right? And that poor fish goes up there and gets that good intention bait, gets that food on that hook, poor fish. He sees some food, and all he wants is something to eat, some food, and he thinks everything's okay. And, but he's baiting. He walks up there, and he latches onto that. that he's hooked in, man. And this old fisherman, he's really, he's so happy. I got my fish, you know. Well, that fisherman, in a way, is being deceptive. There's deceit there. You're hiding your true intentions to get what you want. You'll appear to somebody as something that you're not when your whole motivation and intent is to get something out of them. You're deceitful. You cover up your true motivations, your true intentions, and appear to be something you're not to get something to take advantage. Deceit. Praise the Lord. Malignity, malignant, whispers, 
you know, malignity and all of this go to, I mean, a lot of this is so similar. Maliciousness. But whisperers, cowardly, talking about people behind their back and gossiping about them and slandering them to their, slandering them and gossiping in, in secret. Cowardly, whispering is cowardness. Never say anything about a person that you're not willing to say to their face. If you won't say it to their face, then don't say it. Amen? Because then you're a whisperer and you just stand, you sit around cowardly talking about people. Amen? Somebody, somebody said something about me not too long ago. And I didn't know who it was, but these other people did. So I called them up and said, well, who is this that said this about me? Because if they're going to talk about me behind my back, I've got a right to know who they are. If they won't come out and talk to me face to face and be a man about it, then tell me who they are, the cowards, whisperers. You got something to say? Say it to my face. Amen. And I'll do the same with you. Praise the Lord. And I have said things, and I've had, and I've got to go back to those people and tell them this is what I said, because I'm not. If I say it, then I'll say it to them. Praise God. Are you with me? <clears throat> How come that goes on? I don't. Because this right here, the Bible's telling us why. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible goes on and it tells us they are full of whispering. They are backbiters. And backbiters are bolder than whisperers because backbiters will be more malicious in their, in their slandering of your character to seek to pull you down. They're more bolder than the whisperer in their approach. Keeps moving. And the scripture tells us from there we have haters of God proud and boasters haters of God people that actually hate God can you imagine people that hate God despiteful they're proud arrogance boasters hmm. you know what a boaster a boaster is somebody who has empty profession do you believe that? Do you understand that? A boaster who talks about themselves, if they boast about themselves all the time, they're probably pretty empty of what they're saying they are. Somebody say praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, I'm stepping on all of our toes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Proud boasters, empty pretenders, inventors of evil things. I mean, they're not just content to live in sin and to sin with the natural, I mean, not the natural, but the, you know, how can I say it, normal type sin? They're going to invent some. It's not bad enough, so we're going to invent some. 
then he says disobedient to parents if a person is disobedient to their parents they will be disobedient to all authority that's why the parents must train up the child in the way that they should go the parents must discipline their children to respect them because if they don't respect you they're not going to respect the teacher, the principal, or anybody else. Disobedient to parents. And then the Bible says, without understanding. They, they close their eyes and the truth. <laughs> Amen. That's the problem. How many times do you tell them, this is what you need to do. You need to live for God. You need to get God enough. You need to pray. You need to worship. You need to, you know, live right and all of this. And they, they, they go through all their problems and stuff. Well, you know what they've done? They've closed their ears. They don't, don't want to see it without understanding. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. He says, covenant breakers. People won't keep their word. They make a promise, I'll do this for you, I'll be there, I'll, and then where are you? you don't see them, don't know what happened to them, they don't call, don't tell you nothing, you just, they, yeah, covenant breakers, we live in these days right now, covenant breakers, won't keep their promises, amen? they say in the Bible says without natural affection that's abortion that's the result of abortion women kill their children because they don't have natural affection but God can forgive but the reason for it is without natural affection implacable that means unforgiving will not forgive even though they know what the word says I'm gonna hold on to it I'm not gonna forgive that person no way no how Impeccable. Unmerciful. No mercy. Ooh. Lord's talking to us, isn't he? Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. They know it. Not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do it. So all of this is the results of fleeing from God. And when you dishonor God, the Bible talks about that they are dishonoring themselves. When you dishonor God, you dishonor yourself. Amen? Look at verse 24 wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves you dishonor God you will dishonor yourself you don't respect God you will not respect yourself amen and it says they knew God but they just didn't want God they're running from God and that's the reason from all of this right here so I want to share this with you knowing does not mean doing Let me say it again. Knowing does not mean doing. 
How many people you know that know, that they know, they know, they know, they know what they're supposed to do? They know, but they won't do. That's the problem with the churches today. People that know, they, they're not, they can't say what I don't know or I, I can't see. They understand it, they know. They just won't do. Praise the Lord. Come on, clap your hands, church. <clears throat> so, as a result of that, you see, when you try to remove God, the only results of that is down, down, down. Never up, down, down, down. But you turn back to God and you give Him yourself and you trust Him, you surrender to Him, then God will fill you with His Spirit and change your life. And He'll take your past and put it under the blood of Jesus Christ, never to be remembered again. Amen. That's the reason why the world is in the mess that it's in today. It's turned its back on God. That's why families are falling apart today, turn their back on God. That's why there's sin in the world today, because they've turned their back on God. They say, God, we don't want you. What a terrible freedom that is. A horrible freedom of the lost is when God says, I'm going to lift my hand, I'm going to let it break out all around you. Amen? Now listen to me, and I'm going to close with this statement right here. Then why is the church of the living God suffering in it if we are seeking to live for God and to walk righteously before him and to live holily before him why are we suffering in it too because the innocent always suffer with the guilty Daniel innocent righteous holy taken to Babylon as a captive because the innocent always suffer with the righteous with the unrighteous. That's why today. Let's stand and pray. Lord Jesus, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we pray for our families that God, they would turn their life to you right now, God. Yeah, Jesus. Stir their hearts, God, I pray. Mighty God, finish the work, complete the work in their lives. You're so good. You're so great. You're the creator. You're blessed forever. You're worthy of praise. You're, you're greatly to be praised. You're so good. You're so awesome. And God, in the midst of all this blackness, God, that's what you saved us from, God. You saved us from the darkness. You saved us from the sin, Lord. You saved us, God, from, re for, from relying upon ourselves to live this life. You saved us from ourselves and from sin, God, and from all of these things, this darkness, God, that we've seen. We praise you, Lord. You brought us out of darkness into your marvelous light, God, that we should show forth the praises of him, Lord.
We thank you today, God, as we look at the brightness, God, of sin and the brightness of denying God, and we see us, ourselves standing in the courts of God, redeemed by the blood, Jesus, translated, God, into your kingdom. We see what we've been saved from, Lord. We see the diamond. We see the salvation. We see your goodness, Lord. We praise you for it. Somebody clap your hands. If you thank God for, for saving you from all of the darkness and all the problems. <laughs> saved us from a downward spiral. Saved us from religion. Saved us from ourselves. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Lord, we ask you right now to wash us with your blood. Forgive us, Lord God, as we see our nature, our old nature, in these scriptures. We ask you to let the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ to wash our, wash us, God. Cleanse us from all sin. Cleanse our conscience, God. Let us repent, God. Let us turn from those things, Lord, of the nature of man and turn to you, Lord. Be under the control of the Holy Ghost, surrendered completely and totally to you, O God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God is the same. In all of that, God never changed. One time drove by a church and I liked what it was on what it said on the the sign there. It says, if you feel distant from God, who moved? Who moved? It wasn't God. He never changes. We moved. Let me pray for you and we'll be dismissed. Lord Jesus, we thank you today. Lord, we know that you died, God, to save this world. You didn't come to condemn it, but to save it. Lord, we lean upon your mercy and your grace right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the victory, God, that we feel in this church, the strength of God. Lord, as we assemble, God, and have been fighting so many battles, God, remembering the fact, God, that we are in Christ in Odessa in Christ in the midst of problems in the midst of troubles in the midst of difficulties but in Christ we'll never want to forget that in Jesus name thank you Lord for your strength God we can't make it without you in Jesus name amen God bless you come tonight we're going to have preaching the word of the Lord we're going to have a great service I believe trust God tonight amen we love the Lord and love you and appreciate you today and your faithfulness. Praise God. Everybody's having difficulties. Nobody's exempt. But we're in Christ. We got to stay, stay understanding. We're in Christ in it. In the problems, but in Christ. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.